0: Um, Last time we met, we talked about Jesus' manifesto, basically what made Jesus Jesus, what he taught, what he believed. And it was the Sermon on the Plain, which is very similar to the Sermon on the Mount. And if we were to continue reading after the Sermon on the Plain, we would see that Jesus' ministry, it, it, it continued. Jesus healed a slave. He raised the widow's son from the dead. Jesus continued preaching the good news of the kingdom. And now, we we skipped a couple verses, and now we're going to read about Jesus telling a story. A story on why some people accept him, recognize him as king, and why others reject him. If you have your Bibles, please open it up with me to Luke 8, 4. Luke 8, 4. I will be reading from the NIV. If you have your notes, you could also see it there. There's an insert. Again, feel free to write on your notes whatever you see on the screen or whatever you think of. I I want you to be active in your learning. If you just learn by listening, that's totally fine, too. Whatever it takes for you to learn, uh, that's what we want. Uh, We want you to be engaged um, and just captivated by the word of God. So Luke 8, starting from verse 4. It'll be on the screen. It's within your notes, and it says this. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus, From town after town, he told this parable. The farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Now verse 8. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is Jesus. Jesus' disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are are, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but... In the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those who With a noble and good heart. Who hear the word. Retain it. By persevering. Produce a crop. Right there where you're at. May you close your eyes and bow your head. Heavenly Father thank you for your word. And we pray today that we would understand it. But not just understand it. That we would retain it within our heart. That even though we may face struggles and challenges, we may persevere. Persevere in the truth that you have called us into. Persevere in the knowledge of who you have called us to be. Lord, let us understand. May your spirit come into our hearts and open up our minds and also our hearts so that we could, meet, we could hear from you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. So Jesus had a large crowd with him. And he begins to tell them this parable. A parable that would be relevant to the Galilean audience that was with him. The parable is about this farmer who went out to sow his seed... The sower just scattered the seed. One seed fell on the path on the road. It was trampled, and a bird ate it. Another seed was thrown, and it fell on rocky grounds. It grew, but the plants withered because they had no moisture. The sower threw another seed, and it fell among thorns. The seed became a plant, but the thorns choked it. But then there was this one seed that fell on good soil. The seed on good soil became a plant that yielded its crop a hundred times more than what was sown. After Jesus had said this parable, he stated, Whoever has ears, let them hear. In other words, whoever can hear needs to listen to what Jesus is saying here. The disciples had heard Jesus' story about the sower, but they wondered what it meant. What does this story about a farmer throwing seeds all over the place, what, what does this story even mean? What does the story have to do with God and life? Jesus answered the question his disciples had asked. He said, there are secrets about the kingdom. And I am going to tell you about them. But other people. To those who are not close to Jesus. Who might just want to know secrets. Just for the sake of knowing them. I speak in parables. So the story we read about. The story about the sower. It's, it's a parable. And Jesus tells a whole bunch of parables. Within the Bible. The Greek word for parable is parabole, and it can mean a lesson or a proverb. Parables were stories or or it was a saying that was designed to illustrate a truth through comparison or a simile. They were maxims. There was this one popular scholar back in the 20th century His name was C.H. Dodd, and he summarized parables in one of his lectures he gave at a university. And he said that parables are metaphors. A parable is a metaphor from nature or common life, and it arrests the hearers. It gets their attention by its vividness or strangeness and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt about it's precise application application to tease it into active thought you need to if you want to understand a parable you need to tease it you need to think about it through active thought they're sort of like the wisdom literature within the bible Parables are interesting stories. They they are relatable because it uses images from nature or everyday life, and they were extremely relatable during the time of Jesus. On one level, everyone could understand a parable, even a child. But yet, to really understand parables, you need to meditate on them. It requires reflection. Parables parables make you an active participant. As you understand the parables, you have to make a choice. Will you follow the truths of the parable or reject them? This is probably why Jesus used parables often. With parables, you take responsibility for your own faith. Will you be active in listening and meditating? Will you be active in practicing the truths of the kingdom, of God's domain? Or will you just hear it and forget about it? Speakers who wish to control their listeners by telling them exactly what to think and to do, maybe if you're training an employee, uh, you are not going to use parables. You're just going to tell them exactly what they have to do. The speakers who want to control their listeners don't use parables. But speakers like Jesus, who want their audience to think and be active in their learning, use parables. They want you to be active and to make a choice. And there were people during Jesus' time who heard these parables, these stories. They didn't understand the meaning. They didn't take the time to go deeper and understand the mystery. In fact, these parables remained a mystery to them. The meaning remained a secret to the masses. So, Jesus quoted the scriptures, as he regularly did, to describe his audience. He said, Those seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not hear or understand. And he quoted the scriptures. The scripture, as you can see up here, comes from Isaiah 6-9. And he used it to describe the state of his audience. You might or might not remember Isaiah 6 Isaiah 6 is the story of the prophet Isaiah when he went to the temple. He saw the angels crying out, holy, holy, holy. And then God called him and ordained him, ordained Isaiah for the ministry. Isaiah would speak God's word, but his audience, just like the audience of Jesus, they wouldn't really understand. They would see, but never perceive. They would hear ...but not understand. The ministry of Jesus was similar to the ministry of Isaiah. Jesus would preach the word of God... ...say things that were true. The masses would hear... ...but not really understand. They hear the word of God... ...they heard the story... ...but they really didn't get it. And even though the truth of the kingdom of God... ...was being proclaimed to them in parables... Outsiders do not get it. Those who don't want to take time to process this, process what Jesus is saying, they will miss out on the secrets of God. God was speaking to them. He was proclaiming the message to them. But their hearts were not in the right place. They weren't active in their learning. One scholar said, People can become so dull and heavy and blunted in mind that when God's truth comes to them, they cannot see it. It's not God's fault. They have become so mentally lazy, so blinded by prejudice, so unwilling to see anything they do not want to see that they have become incapable of assimilating God's truth. During Jesus' time and even now there are people whose mind has been closed they've become mentally lazy maybe they have some prejudice and just immediately reject whatever Jesus has said or maybe they're unwilling to change and therefore they don't Accept or assimilate, put into practice what Jesus has said. And they don't seek to find the answers from Jesus. Only the disciples in the story asked the answers and received the secrets of the kingdom. They received the secrets because of their relationship with Jesus. They were able to get close to him and to ask Jesus. Jesus then proceeds to disclose the secrets of the kingdom. Which kind of relates to the relationship of the outsiders and the word of God. The seed is the word of God. The word of God which created the heavens and the earth. The word of God that redeemed the nation of Israel. The word of God that brought hope to Israel through the prophets. The word of God that Jesus preached. This is what the seed was. So the sower is he or she who preaches the word of God. It doesn't necessarily mean a preacher behind a stand, behind a pulpit in a church. It could be an employee who shares God's truth with everyone through word and deed. And it's important to note that the sower puts the seed everywhere. There's something that we can learn from that. As the sower scattered the word everywhere, everywhere, we should scatter God's word everywhere. The sower isn't like, uh, I don't know if the seed would grow over there on that path. No, he just throws the seed everywhere. Likewise, we just preach the word. Show and tell, about, tell people about the goodness of Jesus. Don't think... Um, I don't know if people will receive the word. I don't know if the word would grow in that group. No, just preach the word. You might think that it might not grow in that area, but God knows their hearts better than we do. So preach the word everywhere, just as the sower put the seed everywhere. And your audience will have the choice to either trust the word of God and repent, or to reject the word The word of God. In the parable. The whole act of sowing the seed. Is proclaiming the gospel. Of the kingdom. That Jesus is. King. Then this is the emphasis. Of the parable. He starts to talk about. The different places where the seed falls. The different kinds of soil. The seed. That fell on the path. Represents. Those who hear the word. But the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Some of you, your heart might be like the path. You sit here, you hear the word of God, but the devil steals the word from your heart. Similar to how the serpent stole the word from Adam and Eve. Don't let the devil do that. No. Keep the word in your heart. If you let the devil steal what God has said through his word, you will not believe, and consequently, you will not be saved. You will not believe that Jesus is the Son of God Thus, you will not be saved from the powers of the world, from Satan, from your wickedness. You need to grab this word and keep it close to your heart. I like what Cyril of Alexandria said. He was an early Christian writer, and he said, the seed the word, of, is the word of God. Those on the way are they who have heard on the path, those on the path. Afterwards, the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart that they may not believe and be saved. We see in a moment the hardness of the ground causes the seed on the pathways to be snatched away. A pathway always is hard and untilled because it is exposed to everyone's feet. It does not admit any seed into it. It doesn't allow any word to come within its heart. But it lies rather upon the surface, ready for any birds that will will to snatch it away. All whose minds are hard and unyielding, and so to speak, pressed together, Do not receive the divine seed. Do not receive the word of God. The divine and sacred admonition does not find an entrance into them. They do not accept the words that would produce in them the fear of God. And by means of which they could bring forth as fruits the glories of virtue. They have made themselves beaten and trampled pathway for unclean demons, yes, for Satan himself, such as never can bear holy fruit. Let those who are awake, whose heart is sterile and unfruitful, open your mind, receive the sacred seed, be like productive and well-tilled soil, bring forth to God the fruits that will raise you to an incorruptible life. Don't have a hard heart. Don't have a closed mind. I know that maybe some of us might have a closed mind or a hard heart because of experiences that we've had. And I'm also not saying to blindly accept God's word. But I am saying to interact with it. To be active in thinking, in thinking about it. And I pray that you would see it as the word that it is. As words that give life, and I hope that you would believe it and accept it. And then once you receive God's word within your heart, tell the devil that you value God's word over everything. The Bible that we have, what God has said in this word. We believe, we believe that we find the words of life. And the God of death, the devil, Will try to keep us dead. But we need to stay alive and we need to allow this word to go within our hearts and be a plant that flourishes. I like the practical advice that Simeon, the new theologian, gave. He says, When you come out of the church, do not begin to be distracted toward empty and useless matters, lest the devil come and find you occupied with them. It is like when a crow finds on the plain a grain of wheat before it has been covered with earth and picks it up and flies off. The devil removes the memory of the words of the of cate, catechetical uh, lectures, which is the they had these answer, question and answers type of lectures back in the day within the church from your hearts, and you and you find yourselves empty. And deprived of beneficial teaching. So basically, you come here, you listen to the word. But once you leave, don't, don't forget about the word. Think about it. Meditate on it as you leave. We need to have different, a, a different type of heart. A heart that receives and keeps the word. A heart that is active in and out of a church service. Hearing and learning and keeping everything that... We can. As one scholar said, everyone may hear the word but not all will believe and be saved. It's somewhat of a cliche but some people think that if you just come to church you're immediately a follower of Christ. And while we welcome everybody who desires to come and be part of this movement and family, Only those who hear and believe and keep the word of God are those who are followers of Christ. If you just hear the word but not believe and are not saved, if you just come here and your brain is elsewhere, the the devil comes and steals what you have heard. And consequently, you are not saved. Jesus also explained that the seed that fell on the rocky ground represents those who hear. They sit here just like you. In fact, you might be one of them. They hear the word and they receive it with joy. They are like, what? God's kingdom has come? The evil of this world has been dealt with through Jesus? God has a plan. Jesus loves me. This is so awesome. Maybe you can relate. During Jesus' time, there were people like this. They heard Jesus' teachings and were happy to hear that the Son of God had come to set them free from bondage, sin, and hurt. They believed the words of Jesus, and that's so awesome. But in the time of testing, they fell away. All followers, or so-called followers of Jesus, will be tested. You will be tested. And in the times of Jesus, people were tested through persecution and rejection. One early Christian noted, and I find this interesting because this was during uh, the time when Christians were persecuted. Let us consider those Others of whom Christ said and those upon the rock are they who when they hear receive the word with joy and they have no root. These believe these beliefs for a while and in time of temptation depart away. That's what we read within the scriptures. These are men who whose whose faith has not been proved. They depend simply on words and do not apply their minds to examining the mystery. Their piety their holiness is sapless without root when they enter the churches they feel pleasure often in seeing so many assembled this is awesome that there are people here and it's not bad to be happy that there are people here they joyfully receive instruction in the in the mysteries from him whose business is to teach and laud him with praises they They're excited to hear these things, to hear about the Bible. They even praise Jesus. They do this without discretion or judgment, but with unpurified wills. They don't really think through these things, they just do it because maybe everybody else is doing it. When they go out of the churches, at once they forget the sacred doctrines and go about their customary course not having stored up within themselves anything for their future benefit. They come, they hear these things, but once they leave, they they don't store it up within their hearts. And if the affairs of Christians go on peacefully and no trials disturbs them, even then they scarcely maintain the faith. They're still in it, but not really, and so to speak, in, in a confused and tottering state. They're like, you don't know how Christian they are. But when persecution troubles them, and the enemies of the truth attack the churches of the Savior, their heart does not love the battle, and their mind throws away the shield and flees. If you believe the words of Christ, you are mocked, ridiculed, and judged. Today, we may not be persecuted to the same extent, We are tested still with our friends, with the decisions we make, with rejection and social persecution. If your heart is like rocks, the word of God will die. It will not grow. The word of God won't grow because you let go of the word of God when things got tough. Then, the seed ...that fell among the thorns. It did grow, but it was choked by the thorns. This represents those who hear and believe... ...but their growth is limited by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Because of these things, these individuals can't mature. They are those who come to church every week... ...and have been going for years... But they are the same today as they were when they first started. And the reason for this is that life's worries, riches, and pleasures trap them. Life's worries are concerns, which might be important. But you overfocus on them and forget about what God had said. Being wealthy is not bad, but riches can be harmful... If they are your focus. You might believe in God's word. But your love for riches causes you to fail to love your neighbors. Which is contrary to the word of God. You should love everyone. Pleasures are not sinful in and of themselves. The word for pleasures is hedone. It is the Greek word whereby we get the word for hedonism, the philosophy that the primary goal of life is to experience maximum pleasure. In the Greek world, hedone was used to talk about any type of pleasure or desire. The New Testament authors recognized that hedone, that pleasure, can be harmful. Look. The church sometimes has seen all pleasure as bad, and and that is false. There is good pleasure. God created pleasure. But we shouldn't go to the other extreme and say that all pleasure is good. Hedone can be good and bad. Bad pleasure is that which causes us to be foolish, disobedient to God, and have deception. It can blind us from what, really, what, what is really happening. Hedone can cause you to do bad things. Just because something brings you pleasure doesn't mean that it's good. Pleasure can be harmful. As Jesus said here, it can limit your growth. Say you find some things in this world that are pleasurable but are actually sinful. Contrary to God's word. If you continue to practice these sins, you will not grow spiritually. You may believe. But you need to be careful about life's worries, riches, and pleasures. That they will not limit you. And finally... And I pray that all of us may have this type of heart. Jesus talked about the good soil. The good soil represents those who hear the word of God and they have a good and noble heart. They hear the word and hold fast to it. And they persevere. When things come their way, when they are tempted, they persevere. And keep the word of God in their hearts. They keep on going. And they have fruit. The fruit in their lives was that their lives have changed. Now they are following Christ. Following the teachings of Jesus unlike before. If you have a good heart. Then last week when you heard about Jesus teaching on loving one's enemy. You didn't just think it was a good teaching. You believed it. You said to yourself, I am going to love my enemies. And you did just that. You loved your enemies. Or at least you tried. And it was hard. Maybe your enemies didn't reciprocate that love that you showed them. And you felt foolish for, doing, for loving or trying to love your enemies. But you persevered. In God's word. You kept on loving. You kept doing. What Jesus has said. And let me tell you. That just as. The seed that landed on good soil. How it yields fruit. You will see. The fruit of your labor. Of being persistent. In the word of God. I pray that you may hear this. And take it to heart. Don't just listen, but actually do. We saw in the parable, hearing isn't the problem, but the quality of one's hearing is the issue. Will you let the devil take the word of God from your heart? Will you let the test of life take the word? Will you let the pleasures of life take the word? Or... you listen and persevere. I pray that you will persevere. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and bringing us together. I pray today that as you want us to do, that we may be active with our listening. We have heard your word and we have a choice. Are we going to continue to participate in active listening. Or are we just going to push it aside? When we learn about loving our neighbors, are we going to practice that? Or are we going to push it to the side? We learned about you being king and you being our savior. Are we going to be active in our learning and our beliefs, or are we just going to push it aside? And Lord, I pray that we may accept it within our heart and that we may persevere. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.